The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 14, People Leave People, Not Companies, and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to the Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey to start a thriving online business of their own. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'm here with my great and good friend, Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, how is it going, my friend? I hope you've had a great start to the new year. Hey, Stephen. Yeah, same to you. I hope you have a, a very happy new year. Uh, here we are in 2020. You and I have been excited to see 2020 arrive. Uh, I know because we've got big plans. And so uh, I'm just thrilled to see you here in 2020 and sharing another uh, you know, podcast episode with our audience as well. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Let, let's, what are we uh, going to cover this week? What's on your mind? So I thought, you know, I thought this, uh, we'd start off this year talking about uh, the, the reality that people leave people. Uh, you and I have been in the corporate business long enough. We've had people resign. We've had people leave our company, people leave our team. Uh, and, you know, if you're not well-versed in leadership, uh, you can make some assumptions about those individuals leaving that are incorrect assumptions. Uh, maybe, you know, you make the assumption they just don't like the company or they don't like the product. They don't like what they're doing and so forth. But I think you've probably experienced this as well. I, I know I have. Uh, when you look back on those, it's really about the people are leaving other people, not the company, not the product. And oftentimes not even the task or the job or the responsibilities that they have. Rather, they're le leaving the other people. So I thought we'd talk, talk about that and just explain that to our audience so that uh, they can uh, recognize when someone leaves their team and do a, a good evaluation of that so that they know if if you need to change up your leadership, you need to know that. Right. Yeah. That sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. And I agree. It's it's we all we make assumptions and we make assumptions that uh, when someone leaves the organization, it's for this reason or that reason. And if we don't you know, take that step back and really ask ourselves and ask each other on our team that may be involved. Why did Jack leave? Why did Bob leave? What, what's the undertone of that, right? It's, it's the assumptions will take hold. And like we've said in, in previous, previous episodes, when the mind has gaps, we yeah. tend to fill those gaps in and we'll fill them in with whatever we think of, whatever makes sense to us in that moment. Is it, yeah. is it he left because of money? Did he left, did he leave because of, he didn't like his job? Did he leave because he didn't like his work that he was doing on his job? Did he leave because, because the cafeteria wasn't big enough? You know, who knows, who knows? Right. And so it's really key, uh, your point of take a step back, evaluate the reasons why a person leaves. And more importantly, what do you learn from it? And yeah. how do you then move forward and, and prevent and mitigate that from happening again in the future? It, it's likely to happen again, but it doesn't have to be this continuous cycle of people leaving and not understanding why. So I think it's a great topic. I'm looking forward to it. So let's go ahead and dig in. Yeah, I think it's important to, to recognize that first, before we dive in and kind of talk about people leaving people and, and 
evaluate that from a number of different angles. I think it's important to first say we're talking a little bit here in generalities, right? Um, I acknowledge the fact that there are exceptions to the case, if you will. I, I acknowledge the fact that sometimes people leave a company or a team for their own personal reasons. You know, maybe families relocating elsewhere uh, and for obvious reasons, then you got to resign and, and move to another job. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, an, uh, an opening at, at a dream job, right? Someone, just a dream job that someone can't turn down kind of thing. And they're going to leave your team, your company to go to that. So there, there are the exception cases. I acknowledge that, but I think we can all agree that those are the minority, right? When it, when it comes to team members leaving your team, those are the exception, not the rule. And therefore you need to evaluate those others, the majority that are leaving because they're leaving for various reasons that are related to the other people or you as the leader of that team. And so the first angle to look at that is obviously people leave bad leaders. So if there's bad leadership, uh, that's more likely to, you know, coerce people to leave than obviously good leadership. And that may be your leadership or it may be someone in your team's leadership, right? You, you may have someone that leaves that's two or three layers below you. Well, you've got to evaluate that entire org chart that entire chain of leadership uh, to evaluate, is there bad leaderships there somewhere such that that person left? It may not be their immediate leadership. It may not be their immediate manager. It may be someone up the chain, if you will. And so obviously that's the easy one to look at. People leave bad leaders. What's your thought on that? I, I think that uh, it, it's exactly right. And the point is, it, you're, it may not be you, but it may be three layers down, and it may be the environment that's created by those leaders that you may not even be aware of, right? And I think it's important that that exit interviews happen, that uh, there is some sort of of outbrief, if you will, if your company uh, does that. If not, and you're aware of a person leaving, you should you know take matters into your own hands if you can and find out why people are leaving. But there are exceptions. There are exceptions to every rule. Of course, of course we acknowledge that. And, but so many times when people leave to move to another state to, to relocate their family for maybe a, a health situation or someone takes a better job that they've been dreaming of for the last three or four years, those things typically aren't surprises. And those things are generally somebody in the organization knows that. And typically you as a leader or you on that team would hear about that because there's not anything nefarious going on there. There's nothing that someone would be worried about or nervous about, or it, it, this is a, this is a move for a very specific reason that, that logic says people would understand that. And but it's when it's when you don't hear about things going on and all of a sudden, Johnny, you turn around and Johnny's no longer in the organization. And last you heard, there were no issues with Johnny that you were aware of. And that's when you kind of scratch your head and say, hmm, I, I, I wonder, I wonder what's going on. And uh, I think both of us have been through in, in our careers situations where we have been leaders with people that that's happened with and we've witnessed and observed that happening so many times around us. And, 
And it really makes you scratch your head and think, okay, uh, what happened? What can we do differently? What action can we take to better understand the, the kind of cause, the root cause of this? Treat it, treat it like a lot of problems, right? Let's, let's peel back a layer. Let's try to understand it so we could do something about it. Well, sometimes a person leaves and you're going, ooh, I'm glad they left. You know, okay. That's still, you should think, why though, right? If, if you haven't dealt with the issue as a leader with them, and they left and you feel good about it. Okay. Well, that's a, you got to look in the mirror on that one and go, okay, well, how did this thing fester and not get resolved? And there's frustration, there's happiness, and it all kind of gets jumbled up into a pile and it's a people leave the organization and you kind of move on with your day and no one's the wiser history repeats itself. And you'll find yourself right back in that situation again. And you won't understand why. Yeah, no, very good point. You, you bring some very good points there. And, and you know, one that I, I would like to highlight is that those exceptions that we're talking about, as you mentioned, you're going to recognize those. Those aren't going to catch you off guard because, you know, like, like you were saying, if someone's needing to move across the country for their family, you're not going to hear about that for the first time in a resignation letter there's going to have been some conversations, you know, Hey, we got this going on with my folks out West and they've got to move or right. So you're going to be hearing things like that. And, and I guess I would say that when you have someone leave your team and you, you already know those kind of circumstances, I don't think you need to feel the need to do a deep dive into the, why did that person leave? Now you're probably going to do the, the necessary minimum, the the HR exit interview and things like that, if you need to, just to kind of check the box and those kind of things. But when someone leaves and it's a shock to you, you need to dive in. You need a deep dive there to to try to figure out why did that person leave? And I would just encourage our audience to, you may be in a situation like I've been in many times where HR, human resources is going to do an exit interview. But I would encourage you don't rely on that to be the single source of information for this deep dive that you're going to do. Because oftentimes those HR interviews are very canned. They're very canned answers. They're going to ask the the exact same, ask the exact same questions to every single person that's leaving, no matter who they are, what position they're in, that kind of thing. And then, and oftentimes that's the very first time that person that's leaving has ever seen, spoken to, you know, that HR representative. And they're just not going to be all that willing to be transparent and open and honest and things like that. Now they may be leaving in a very belligerent way. And so they're just going to blast everybody or, or something like that. But you got to be careful that you just don't use that as a single source of information for your deep dive, that HR exit interview. You've got to have your own interview with this person. Uh, If it's, you know, layers deep in the organization have a couple of people uh, that's in their org chart, have those conversations with them. And it doesn't have to be a, a formal interview, just, just a conversation. Hey man, I, I really hate to see you leave. I, you know, I'd really like to understand what kind of what's going on around here that, that, that made you want to look elsewhere and just, you know, things like that. Right. So just get multiple sources of information to do this deep dive, uh, to try to assess why people are leaving, you know, years and years ago, when this would happen to me or, or happen to someone that reports to me that have a team member leave, I used to tell that leader, Hey, don't take it personal. People leave, you know, it'll be okay. We'll get through this. We'll hire some, uh, you know, a new rock star and, 
And, and but my main line was, don't take it personal. I, di- I didn't want them to worry about it too much. Well, I don't want them as a leader to worry about it still today, but I do want them to evaluate it today. Right. So I don't any, I don't any longer tell them, don't take it personal. Instead, I tell them, let's dive into why do we think that person left and allow that to determine what type of changes might we need to make in our leadership, in our culture, in our teamwork, whatever it might be. Um, so I, I tell my leaders now, someone leaves, we're going to do a deep dive into that, figure out why. Yeah. And, and to your point about HR, most folks, generally speaking, are just nervous with HR, right? They don't know what's going to happen. Right. You, you're controlling my pay, you're controlling my my career, so to speak, feels like it. And, and you're going to be very, very vanilla with HR at times. So, and you're right, the canned answers, the canned questions. Uh, and when someone's leaving the organization abruptly per se, it, they're not going to give typically, you're right. They're going to blast people or they're going to just shut down. It's going to be one of the two. And if they just blast people, then you got to take that with a grain of salt because there's so much emotion in that, in that feedback that it's, it becomes very difficult to action, to do something with that can make it better. So, um, you, you just got to recognize that. So I really like the approach of if you have the opportunity with this individual to sit down, ask them some very open-ended questions as to, as to why they're leaving the organization. And if you've, if you've done the things that, that Michael and I have suggested with building relationships and doing your one-on-ones and, and establishing those connections, folks are going to likely share with you some of the reasons why. Now, if you're the problem, maybe not. Maybe not. Don't know. But if you're not the problem and you've done a halfway decent job building, establishing, you know, fostering a relationship with them to some level, they're likely going to give you some information that is valuable and useful for you to share with your team in the appropriate way to say, here's an issue. We weren't aware of it. This, unfortunately, we can't salvage this relationship because this person has made up their mind. But what we can do is be very intentional in how we respond to things like this uh, in the future and make sure that we're communicating more clearly, that we're, you know, we're filling the, the voids and the gaps of information so people don't have to wonder and guess and, and just uh, fill in the blanks with their own emotional thoughts uh, that that we do as people too. I do it. I think we all do it. And it's it's it becomes something that you can have an influence on for the future. And, and in my situation, I've had a couple times in my career that I've um I've worked for people that uh, have been less than ideal. I was very frustrated. I've I spent time during my one-on-ones with them telling them how I felt about things. And you, you've got to make sure that, that that's nerve wracking. That can be very nerve wracking because this person in theory, and maybe it's not even theory, it's just reality. They, they can control the relationship from an employment st- standpoint. And you've got to leverage the relationship you have with who you work for. When things aren't going well, you can share and open up, but you just got to recognize that the relationship is going to drive all of these things and, and whether people are going to be open and honest with you. Yeah, no, you, you bring a very good point. And 
And yet, especially in these inter, these exit interviews that you are going to conduct, HR is going to do their thing, of course, but these exit interviews that you're going to con- conduct, you, you're going to want to hope or you're going to, you better hope that you have established a relationship before that. So quick little story that was from years ago in, in my past, had an inter, a guy that, uh, that was leaving our team. He put in his two, re- two week uh, resignation. And I scheduled a meeting with him, a quick 30 minute meeting with him, because I wanted to conduct this little, Hey, you know, I really hate to see you go. You're a rock star on our team, that kind of thing. Well, he was two layers below me. So he reported to one of my direct reports. And in the midst of that conversation, here's one of the things that he said to me. And and he had been two layers below me for probably nine months at this point. Um, Here's one of the things that he said, and and he wasn't saying this and accusing me, and he wasn't even saying this in a way that was saying, I'm leaving because of this. But one of the things he mentioned to me, he says, I find it ironic, I think is what he used. I, I find it ironic that you and I have never met like this. We've never had a conversation like this until I resigned. And that hit me like a truck. Yeah. You know, again, he wasn't saying I'm leaving because you haven't talked to me. But it hit me like a truck. I realized, you know what, you're right. I I haven't had a relationship with you. And because I don't have a good leadership relationship with you, this conversation is pretty awkward, right? Because here it is. Oh, now you're leaving. Now I want to talk to you. Um, And so that's changed. You know, I I changed that day to to say, no, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm having a resignation conversation with someone. And it's the first real conversation I've ever had with them. So that changed my leadership there. And so maybe you're having this conversation with someone. Well, it's a time for self-evaluation also. Ask yourself, do I really have a relationship with this person? Is this, is this the first time that I'm really having a good, honest, open conversation with this person? And if it is, maybe that's a part of the reason that this yeah. individual is leaving. You definitely want those relationships. Yeah, it's interesting to hear, hear that story it's, it, it makes you really value doing skip levels and walking around and talking to people and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all those, those leadership and management fundamentals that, that often get overlooked. And, um, uh, it may not have been the reason he left, but it certainly, it certainly didn't, you know, help things that there yeah, wasn't a, a connection. It didn't keep him there. That's for sure. Right. And, and, uh, I've, I've been in similar situations and it, and it kind of opens your eyes and makes you value people maybe just a little bit differently, right? They're, they're not robots. They're not batteries that you consume. These are people that have families and purposes in life and dreams and goals and, and to, to be two layers down, but yet that's not a very, very wide chasm, right? It's two layers, but exactly. And it makes me think a lot about, you know, what I need to do better as well. And it's something that, that I get intentional about. Yeah. Well, let's look at it a little bit from a, a different angle. I mean, the obvious, you know, bad ball situation, that's kind of the obvious candidate for someone leaving a team. But it's not the only reason some will leave a team. Sometimes team members will leave, and I, w- I will say it's because of good leadership. So here's what I mean by that. Uh, and I've had this situation before in my past, and maybe you have as well, but maybe you as a as a leader – you're wanting to make some changes in the organization. Maybe you're wanting to change up the culture of the team or, 
in some way you're, you're really challenging the status quo or you're kind of raising the bar of performance or quality or whatever it might be, right? You're, you're moving the needle in some way. Well, you may have some team members that don't want to go there with you, mm-hmm. right? You're changing the culture, but they don't want, they don't want to be a part of that type of culture or something like that. Right. And, and, and so if you will, they're going to self-select They're they're, if, you know, essentially going to leave because they don't, they don't agree with maybe, or they just don't want to go in the direction that you as the leader are leading the team. And they're going to ultimately self-select out and, and resign for those reasons. Now they're really, in my opinion, I would say in this case, they're leaving because of your good leadership, but you still want to do a deep dive and evaluate that and know that that you want to understand that uh, because it's going to help you if for no other reason, it's going to help you for, you're going to likely backfill that, that person, that position. Well, you want to understand what it was about that individual that they didn't like the, the ways that you were leading them so that you can ensure when you hire that next person, they're different, right? So uh, even if they're leaving for your good leadership, because of your good leadership, you still want to do a deep dive and evaluate that. But it, they're going to self-select just because they don't want to go where you're leading the team. Yeah, some people just don't want to charge up a hill that steep, right? right. And if, if you're a mature organization on the on um, just kind of coming to work, it's on autopilot that's going to attract a certain type of person that's going to keep a certain type of person, someone that's on the back nine of life that is not looking to, uh, you know, be a hero. They are going to be better suited for different, different types of organizations. If you're a startup and, and everybody is uh, lifting heavy weight every day in the organization that, that may not be a fit. So it's not necessarily a negative. It's, it's about understanding to your point and about recognizing this person left for this reason. Now, what do we do when we go to backfill them that attracts the right person that we need to go charge up a hill that's that steep, right? And it helps in the recruiting and kind of the, how do you, how do you plug a seat? And, and you can really have addition by subtraction. In, in that case. And it, it doesn't mean that's a bad person. It just means that they've self-selected in a way that says, Hey, I'm a, I'm a big old grown up person. And I've made a decision that says, this is not right for me. And I really appreciate that out of people. No, totally agree. I, I, I respect that. Absolutely. It, it takes a lot of courage on their part to, to, you know, essentially acknowledge and say, you know what, this is not for me. I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, and ultimately it's better for your team. If they do, it's better that they go than if they stay, if that's their attitude. Now, you know, this is just not me. I don't really agree with this. I don't like this, but I'm going to hang around. Uh, well, them hanging around with that kind of attitude is going to, it's a cancer in your team. It sure is. So you're actually better off. But, but again, I respect them for, and, and believe that it takes a lot of courage on their part to do that. I'll give you a quick story that uh, of this from my past uh, years ago, I was leading a small software team that had just created a new product that we were offering for the very first time. And our sales department was having a lot of struggles uh, with selling this new software product, explaining the benefits of it, the ins and outs of it and things like that. And so me as the leader of this, this team of about, uh, there was about 10 of us, I guess I was getting a lot of questions from uh, from our sales department about this new product. And, and I, frankly, I couldn't field them all, 
but also I couldn't answer all their questions either. And so I needed to lead this team into this philosophy of we are, yes, we're software developers, but we're also salesmen, right? We're, we also quote, sell the product, if you will. Now I, and I was very clear in my communication. I didn't mean we were going to make phone calls and go visit customers and, you know, collect invoices and all that. What I meant was when this sales department needs us, when they need to ask us a question, we're going to respond. We're going to serve them with the answers. When it's deep enough that the salesman says, hey, I need you to get on a call with this customer with me, we're going to do that. Well, I had one team member that was adamant. He was not going to be a salesman. He was not going to. And he just kind of drew the line and said, I'm not willing to get on a phone call with a customer. You know, I'm a software developer, that kind of thing. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't let up. My expectation was everybody was still going to help the sales group. He didn't want to do that. And ultimately he, he self-selected out. Um, and when he did that influenced my hiring of his backfield. Right. I wanted to make sure that I had someone that felt like a, uh, you know, that, that, that felt the need to serve the other departments in the, in the company sales being one of those. Right. So I wanted to make sure that I was getting a new team member that recognized the need, even as a software developer, I want to serve other departments in our company as well. Uh, and so, th- you know, that's an, an example of your, in your good leadership, you may have people self-select out, but you still want to understand why. And therefore you can influence your hiring and, and so forth. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny how some of that works out and it really, it really changes the, the direction you take when you interview that replacement and the questions you ask and, and how you emphasize you know, what service looks and feels like in the organization. And, and you really have an opportunity to raise the standard of the whole group and, and expectations. So that's a great, great story, great example. And, and I, have a, I have a story kind of back on a little bit of the, the bad leader side where I went into an organization one time, uh, replaced a person who created quite a toxic environment. And not, not only were people leaving hand over fist, but trying to then go find replacements for folks created a whole nother dynamic because the reputation that was created by this leader, it, it, it was a, to, it, it was a, it was known to be a toxic environment. It was known where people were checking out this leadership style didn't work and trying to recruit and get people to come in where the reputation had been, been as such, it was very difficult. So it's a, it's about a process and, and time that it takes to, to remake and rebuild credibility and the reputation of the organization. So Knowing that, though, knowing that it, you can really insert yourself with the recruiters and the folks on the outside and you know, invite them in, invite them into your facility, invite them in to see what's different, to feel and see the change, because a lot of recruiters just didn't want to work with us because they knew the environment. And it's just right. something that it, it's great to know why people leave, but you've got to also understand and know what type of environment is being created by the, the leaders that have that level of influence in, in the organization. And if the, if the environment is not a healthy one, you're going to have this attrition and, and then you're going to have a really hard time recruiting. And that could be a, a, something that can be easily overlooked and not thought of in the same 
same sense or level of importance. Oh, we'll always find somebody. There's always somebody looking for a job. Well, as we record this in January of uh, 2020, the economy's doing pretty well, right? The job market's pretty hot. And yeah, those looking for jobs have plenty of yeah. choice. And why are they going to come to a, a perceived, whether it's still true or not, toxic environment if they have other options and choices? Because people leave people, they also are attracted to people and environment. So it's something you got to think about as well. Absolutely. That is, that is so true. And you're exactly right. A lot of the people reasons that will cause someone to leave will make it difficult for you to bring new people in, especially, you know, new rock stars in as well. Cause uh, you know, even through the interview process, people pick up on the culture and the attitude and, and so forth within a, a team, even in the interview process. So and true. So if, if someone has left because of bad culture, then you're likely not to have a lot of good candidates, good A players, good rock stars come into that position because of the exact same reason, bad culture. Um, and again, that's related to the people, right? The leadership and the people create that culture. Excellent. So really unpack this one a lot. Um, you want to wrap up, you want to wrap us up on this topic before we get into behind the scenes? Yeah, I think what I would just say is just, you know, you you got to do everything that you can to create a, a leadership structure and a culture. What I tell my team today, my direct reports today is if someone leaves our team, I want them telling us that they're leaving to be the most difficult part of that transition. I want such close, good culture, good relationships that they really, really hate the day that they've got to come in and tell their direct, look, I'm leaving. I, you know, I found another job. You know, again, maybe they do leave because of those uh, great other reasons of a, a dream job or, you know, they're, they're moving their family to, to Hawaii so that they can live on the beach or maybe they're leaving for those reasons. But I, I want them to just dread, just regret the day that they have to come in and tell their boss, I'm leaving because they have good close relationship and such a good, uh, you know, teamwork culture that they just hate to leave that. Right. So that's what I want to try to build. And so, you know, use every opportunity when someone does leave deep dive into that so that you can try to understand why, so that you can create that culture that keeps people there rather than sees them to the door. Oh, that's, that's a great place to leave it. It's so true. And if, if you do nothing else, if you've got nothing else out of this podcast, other than think about this, think about why people leave the organization and then intentionally ask questions and flush out the why. And just knowing a little bit more than you know today, if nothing else, you'll begin to make better decisions. You'll be under, be able to understand the gaps more clearly, which means if you, if you understand and, and know those things, you can make different better decisions that will be to the benefit of all. So I, I think um, that's a, that's a great place to leave it as we now turn our attention to the behind the scenes. Yeah. What's awesome. going on here in the new year in our businesses behind the scenes? Huh? Well, well, first thing, first thing that I'll say, and now that we're out of the uh, kind of the leadership topic of the week and into the, into the different format for the back end of the show here, 
I spent a lot of the show on mute, coughing and hacking and blowing my nose and pointing to Michael and and because we're on a, a, a Zoom video call as well. So I'm like pointing to him going, OK, you take it, you take it, because I, I can't even hardly breathe right now. So I've been kind of fighting a, a little bit of a sinus, a cold thing going on the last few days. And and um, I got a cough drop in my mouth. I'm trying to keep my throat from being too itchy and. And uh, so I just want to thank you, Michael, for stepping up to the plate and being the gap filler when I could not perform. So thank you for that. Listen, the the beauty of post-production, right? Yeah. If you hadn't have said that, I'm sure no one would have ever known that. But, uh, but that's what we do behind the scenes, man. We, we talk about things that, you know need to be you're talked exactly, about sometimes. You're exactly right. It's probably a good thing that we don't do video recording of these <laughs> things because, you know, I'm looking at Zoom and in my screen, I, I've got on the right side is me and on the left side is you. Yep. Uh, but then occasionally you just disappear from the video uh, view. And I know it's because you're bent over and yep. you're coughing and you're doing yep. it. And, and, and you're just going. You're a pro, brother. You just go. You're like the Energizer Bunny. Just push the button and go. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, stay focused <laughs> and I'm trying to keep talking yeah. without laughing at the fact that you've just disappeared. Yeah. From the video. Yeah. It's my anyway, magic yeah. trick. So, so I just thought I thought I'd throw that and share that out with our audience. So it, I, the reality is, is none of this has to be perfect. Get, if you want to do a podcast, get on the microphone, hook up with a friend of yours that have, you have something in common with push the record button and just start talking. Don't try to be perfect. Don't try to be kind of, you know, something that's on broadcast television, this, you know, create an intimate environment that some people are going to connect well with and some people are not. And that's okay. If people tune out, don't subscribe, don't listen. That's cool. We're, we could still be friends, but have, have some fun with it, right? Have a little bit of fun. So behind yeah, the scenes, if you're looking for two guys that are perfect, Oh my gosh. Mistakes, and then yeah, you, you don't. Absolutely not. Them. Absolutely not. So we were, we we're thinking, you know, behind the scenes and we're early January in 2020 right now. So very early January. So we're, um, you know, just thinking about where we, where do we want to go for 2020? So I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying I've got my goals pretty well defined. And what I'll say is, is I'm, I'm not going to get so, so attached to these goals that I can't, you know, adjust them or, you know, sure. tweak yeah. them a bit. Cause it, they're never set in stone. You can always tweak and adjust. And, and that's, I think people can get paralyzed, me included. I can get paralyzed when I, I see something and then I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have my own permission to go do something different. Wait a minute. Of course we do. Of course we have the permission to do something different. Uh, it, do what you feel is best, knowing that we are imperfect people. We're going to make mistakes. And it's about growing, learning, developing, getting better. And for me, I want to spend 2020 doing, doing more coaching, getting more intentional about coaching, becoming uh, by getting my brand out there, better penetration on the brand that we've been talking about. I want to continue to do this podcast with you and and, and get more intentional about my other podcast that I've renamed uh, Aerospace Leadership and Life and uh, just show up in the world very authentically and make sure I, I put out content with enough consistency. I'm not going to sign up for, you know, by hook or crook every week, I'm going to do something. Now, that's a good goal to have. I just don't want to put that pressure on myself to feel like if I'm not in a place mentally 
or emotionally to go produce something by Thursday at noon, it, I'm not going to penalize myself for that. That said, I do want to be consistent. I do want to show up and serve. And I want to do it in a way that I can build a brand, grow an audience, build an email list, leverage that list to share and serve others. And uh, at some point, you know, get more content uh, out there. And I know we had a, a mastermind group call uh, last week and you shared some stuff I found very helpful to me personally. And it's it's following a, a, a friend of ours, uh, Paul Klein, his method of a product, uh, creating a product ladder that can help bring focus. And I like the way that you shared that in, in your hot seat. And and it really helped me think about how I want to how I want to create how I show up in 2020 around certain things. So I'd love to hear about a little a little about that from you. Yeah. So, you know, as I shared last week in our uh, mastermind group, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to put together a product ladder is because I wanted to create some type of focus to all the activities that I was doing over the last year or so. I really felt like I was just kind of wandering to the right and then wandering to the left and this kind of back and forth, just uh, almost reactionary or responsive, if you will, to opportunities or what if I try this? Well, let's go try that. And just kind of all over the map. And, and I really couldn't just kind of point to what all that was leading to, you know, what kind of direction was that leading into? And so I wanted to start with a, what's called a product ladder, which is essentially, if you think about a ladder and you think about um, each of the rungs on that ladder, each of the steps on that ladder being a, a price point, if you will, and what products, what offerings, what services are you going to have kind of in those price ranges? Because typically when you're going to have a, someone new that, that just gets to know you, they're not going to jump right into some multi-thousand dollar yeah. product yeah. that you have, right? but they right. might buy a book that you have for 15, 20 bucks, right? So uh, it's important that you're going to have some type of service or product or, and you're going to have it in these tiers, if you will. Uh, and so I put that together and just kind of brainstormed all the, the product ideas and, and courses and, and masterminds and coaching services and, you know, keynote speaking and all kinds of things that I would offer. And I put them in this uh, product uh, ladder for the purpose of focusing my attention. And now here in 2020, anything that I might do, I want to make sure that somehow it's leading into that product ladder, right? So content that I'm going to put out, uh, these episodes of the podcast, videos I might put on YouTube, uh, guest appearances I might make on other podcasts and things like that. I'm going to make sure now that I have this focus, I can make sure that anything that I'm doing is leading my audience into those, those particular products. And therefore, I'm not just kind of wandering all over the map and I won't leave my audience wondering, well, what does he even offer? What does he really do? Cause one day he's talking about this over here and the next day he's talking about that over there. Uh, instead it'll be better focused for my audience and better focused for my purposes of making sure that I'm not wasting a bunch of time and leading people into products that I'll actually be offering for them. Yeah. I, I, I think it was great when you put that on the screen for me, it just really helped me. When I think about Michael Tanner, I can see visually what what that brand begins to look like, right? Uh, 
the, between the masterminds and, and the coaching, all of the other, and, and folks, there's a lot of free stuff out there too, credibleleaders.com. There's a bunch of free stuff. It's not like Michael's just, you know, in the business of selling people stuff. He's in the business of serving people first in the hopes of building and connecting and building a deep relationship and serving and giving value. And over time, there may be products and services that are a good fit for those clients, right? A good fit for something that's going on in their life or in their, you know, in their, in their business that, that can make a difference. And through the buildup of that trust and just becoming connected, there's this understanding that if I have a question, you know, I can go to Michael at credibleleaders.com and, uh, you know, I can probably send him a boxer and I could probably send him an email, you know, and, and I can, I can, it's not Amazon where there's this, this big name and it's like, okay, who do I talk to? There's a, there's a person with experience that there's a connection made and there's likely through this serving uh, servant leadership mentality that there could be a product or a service at some point in the lives of others that would make good sense and be a good fit. So, and I think we are both going down that same path and, You've got to, you've got to crawl before you walk. You've got to walk before you run. You've got to run before you sprint and you've got to sprint before you fly. And we're trying to crawl right now. We're trying to, to build up that, that no like, and trust factor in the way we're doing that. And I know uh, by, by looking at your, your offerings and, and what I'm striving to do is, is give a lot of valuable free content to people. And, and we encourage people and we're serious. I mean, we, get on a call with us. We'll, we'll spend an hour on a phone call with you. You know, if you've got a trouble or uh, something going on in your life and your leadership and your business that you, you just want a perspective, right? You're, you're inside the bottle trying to look at the label. You can't read it. You can't read it, right? You got to be on the outside of a bottle. This is why I believe everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs to have a coaching relationship, whether that's with somebody, you know, uh, somebody that you respect, somebody that you trust, and, and I would say, don't ever be reluctant to jump on a call with yeah. anyone that is offering service and value. And whether that's myself or Michael or anyone else out there, if, if there are people that are very willing to help others with no, literally no strings attached. And we do not have strings attached to what we do. And it's just about building these relationships. Yeah, that's very important. I, I love that you said that, Stephen, because I, I know you and I operate in the exact same way, especially with these uh, initial coaching calls that we have uh, with clients. Um, it's not a sales pitch. It's not intended to be a sales pitch. And in fact, I know the way you and I both operate. It, it There is no motive or intention whatsoever for it to be a sales pitch. And I think it might've been last week uh, in this podcast. I think you made it a comment at some point to me anyway, about, uh, you know, you've got a, a coaching client that you're uh, going to jump on a zoom call with. Yep. It's the very first one. You're going to spend, I think it was 90 minutes with this person. And you said something along the lines of, I'm going to serve this person as if they're paying me thousands of dollars. Correct. But it was a freebie. Absolutely. And, and so that is our intention. We serve in these calls the exact same way, whether or not it's, uh, you know, a free initial uh, uh, coaching call or it's an, an ongoing weekly 
uh, coaching arrangement that, that maybe, uh, we have for a full year or whatever. So yeah, I I agree with what you're saying is I don't want anyone to, to fear taking advantage of those kind of things in the way that we're trying to serve. And, and, and for 2020, I know for, for you and I, Michael, and, and I'll speak for me at, at this moment, but I know for me in 2020, it's the year of just deepening relationships for me. It's, it's about connecting with more people because with this, with this goal of the know, like, and trust, how do I become more known? How do I create better relationships, deeper relationships outside of my normal circles? Uh, to do that, you've got to serve. You've got to add value. You've got to you've got to give, give, give. And I enjoy that anyway. That's what I like to do. I like to. I get a natural high of helping people. When I see the light go off for someone, and there's something that I said and got them to think differently or pivot to a different way of thinking or, or an action that they're taking or be helping them be accountable to themselves. It's a real high for me. I I love it. And I want to use 2020 specifically to make these deeper connections to, to really sincerely offer people an opportunity to, Hey, let's get on a call. If it's nothing but just a great call, then that's cool. Right. But if there's something that we can help with, that's what's going to, to get me going. And I really really love that aspect of what you and I are focused on for 2020. Yeah, no, I love that too. It, it is just so ironic that we're talking about this here. I know this is somewhat unscripted for both of us, uh, but just the other day, someone asked me, what are your thoughts or how do you define success for you? You know, they're asking for, for me specifically, how do you define success? And I answered something along the lines of when I know that I can serve other people in the, in the most efficient manner possible to me, that's success. So serving other people, that's just like you're saying, it just spins my wheels. That's what I want to do. And then there's the operational side of me that comes out, but I want to do that in the most efficient manner possible. So first I want to serve other people and I want to serve them in the most efficient manner possible really for the, for the purpose of bringing them the most value I possibly can as well. Right. Um, so it's just ironic. We're talking about yeah. that when, when I was just asked that two or three days ago, yeah, we didn't plan any of this conversation yeah. at all either. So it's yeah, just probably obvious to everyone. That, that's a, that's a beauty of behind the scenes. We're like, okay, what are we going to talk about on behind the scenes? Well, you know, I, I got a couple things go, Oh, there's one thing I did mention to you that I wanted to talk about, which is, which is I had a, I had a great, phone call on Thursday last week with a guy named Jake Lang and Jake Lang from the entrepreneur ride along.com. It's, it's the entrepreneur. So entrepreneur ride along was already taken. So he told me it's the entrepreneur ride along.com. Um, he's, he's a guy that I've connected with. We're in a, a mastermind group together and he, um, is a big SEO guy. He does niche websites and it's kind of what gets him going. Um, so he, he helps other build niche websites and really optimize their their content and start ranking organically in Google. So one of the things I want to do in 2020 is is create more content specifically with the intent of driving more organic traffic to my website. Right now, I get most of my traffic through d- direct links that I I post in LinkedIn or Facebook or through my email uh, subscriber list, which is it still kind of 
hovering at 79. So I got to get going again because I can't have you have you uh, get too too high on me here. I need to check that. I haven't looked in the last couple of days. I, I haven't had too much since my last push of that MRO mini course, but uh, uh, I got to work on that. I can't let Michael Tanner just uh, relap me here. So, but, but Jake, Jake and I got on a call for 90 minutes and he walked me through really simple SEO um, uh, long using long tail pro uh, it's a service. Uh, it's a, it's a website you can, you can get a subscription to, uh, using Longtail Pro to really hone in and focus on your keywords and then the right content that ranks organically, you know, page one of Google uh, pretty quickly. So that was a great conversation. If you're interested, awesome. yeah, if anyone's interested in SEO or really understanding uh, how to get just content ranking better without paying for ads and all the other stuff, and you're willing to write a 500 word article that can leverage these keywords. Uh, it's, it, it was a way simpler than I thought. And I was like, man, Jake, this is, where's this been in the last year of my life here? So, uh, that, I thought that was cool. So it's, uh, that's something else I've been doing kind of behind the scenes. Well, no, you know, that's good stuff. Cause I know that here on the podcast for a number of weeks, you and I both have been talking about, we're, we're very new to this world. And so, uh, one of the big challenges for us and a lot of the effort that we're putting into this new year is just getting better known out there in the internet world. And certainly SEO and showing up in searches and so forth is very valuable to, to that effort. Yeah. Uh, and so you can just see how a lot of our goal setting, a lot of our year in reviews from last year and just different things like that are all coming together such that we um, are taking action. We have a plan. We're taking right. action that's driving towards the goals that we have and, and, and that goal of getting better known you can see evidence of the action we're taking, the the learning that we're that we're doing, and so forth. Uh, so no, that's good stuff. Yeah, and whether it's a good plan or a bad plan, or a, you know, we're going to find out. We're gonna we're gonna give it all we got, and we're gonna be intentional, and we're gonna report back. You know, week by week, I'm still hovering at. You know, let me see. I've got one, two, three. I've gotten four email subscribers since um, I think we last spoke. So. I think I was at 75. Now I'm at 79. And um, that's just you're, something that you're, uh, you're increasing the gap here on me. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you? You were 65, I think, or something I'm like still that. still there. I'm not, Yeah, I'm at 65. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's the way it should be, my friend. I need to be ahead of you. So uh, you, you've got great content and, and I think your your stuff's going to take off here, uh, it, especially with looking at your product ladder and looking at how you're you're focused. I know you're doing more writing now um, with some intent and uh, you know, things that you want to do are, are going to going to take hold and they're going to grow roots. And, and, and that's the whole goal here is to, is to really build a, uh, it's, this isn't a, a get rich quick scheme. I, I don't know if there's any rich associated with it. It's about service. It's about serving and it's about doing stuff we're passionate about. And, and it's about, it's, this is, we're building something for the long haul. So when we wake up, I'm 52, you're in your late forties, I think 48 and 47. I'm, oh, I'm aging yet. I'm aging yet. So I'm 52 and a half. Uh, I'll be 53 in July. And, um, you know, I want to wake up one day when I'm, you know, 55, 58, 60 and have really can look back and say, you know what? All of those things, planting those seeds, all those times with Michael, all of those this accountability that that we've 
we've taken ownership of and all of these things we've done over time to look back and go, wow, did that pay off? Right. All those people that in some way uh, brought value to them. Absolutely. Serve them in some way. And yeah, totally agree. Oh, it's so great. So no, it's really, really good stuff, Michael. It just, this, this conversation just reinforces how uh, well aligned we are in a lot of the ways we think. And, and, you know, I appreciate your friendship and uh, you keeping me honest on things as well. And, in our relationship with our mastermind group that we're growing and, and uh, no, I appreciate it. So with that said, why don't you throw out a couple call to actions, maybe you know, throw out the website and um, yeah, bring us home. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, so first of all, from the leadership perspective, obviously the call to action is uh, just recognize the fact that people don't leave uh, a team or a company because of the product or the company or, or even probably what they're doing. They leave because of the other people, good leadership, bad leadership. Uh, and anytime they do leave, your call to action is to make sure that you do a deep dive and to evaluate why they leave so that you can make whatever leadership or cultural adjustments that you need to in your team. So from a leadership perspective, that's your call to action. Uh, and, and as far as uh, behind the scenes here, be sure you check out uh, leaderpreneurshow.com, leaderpreneurshow.com. And, and, I'm gonna, this is totally off the cuff, but here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Stephen mentioned the product ladder that I put together. And Stephen, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's brought you some value. If there's some members of our audience that would like to see that, you can go to leaderpreneurshow.com. And at the top, there's a free resources link. Uh, if you'll use that, I will include this product, uh, a version of this product ladder in that as well, so that you can see that. Maybe if you're building your own business, that can help you as well. There's a couple of other great resources there that you're going to want to get as well. So you'll get all three of those resources there. If you'll go to leaderpreneurshow.com, use the free resources link at the top and you can get that. So be sure you you uh, reach out to us and get that. And then let me also look here next week. We're going to be talking about overcoming leadership fear. If you're in a leadership position, I know in some shape, form, or fashion, you experience fear. Stephen and I both have been in leadership for decades, and we still face fear. And so we're going to talk to you about how to overcome those leadership fears in next week's podcast. So until we speak to you again, from Stephen and I both, be blessed and lead well.